Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode where tonight we're going to be discussing the Demonic Dean film pick of the week, Severance, from 2006, and directed by Christopher Smith. As always, that's going to be later on in the episode, but before we do all that, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Gogi Keith. You found a pie? Hello, hello everybody. What is going on tonight? Not a whole lot, just back for another episode of the show. So glad you all could join us. And we must not forget the psychotic Simeon, the Prince Memorial Day. Yes, the Mad Monkey. Get fucking with it, monkey. Keep it a monkey, keep it a fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror Crew, the full horsemen of horror, bring you the best horror podcast there is in other lands. That's talking terror. But yeah, make sure you listen live. Make sure you listen on iTunes. Make sure you listen on Spotify. It really doesn't fucking matter just as long as you fucking listen. What's up, my friend family? <laughs> Hi, monkey. Hi, dude. Oh. Hello, monkey. Hello, oh, Dean. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yes, the Dean is here. The Dean is here. And... We are ready to talk terror and many other things, and uh, we will see where those things take us, because they usually lead us to talking about other things and then other things, so I'm excited to hear what kind of things uh, we'll talk about tonight. All right. Talk about stuff. Get into anything else. I think we need to cover the elephant in the room, man, and, oh, so and do spoiler-free spoiler Mortal Kombat. I mean, we can. I mean, uh, you know, Gould, do you want to go first? And I'll take it and let you take it. Does it have to be spoiler-free? <laughs> Come on, man. I think just, I think Please just don't ruin it for that. me. Please don't ruin it for I me. I know, I know. <laughs> Dean, I know you, you're just, just, just champing at the bit to, 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 to watch this film. I think anybody that okay, has meant to watch do what you want. has watched do, it. Do what you want. <laughs> I mean, as far as doing what I but want. But please, don't, I don't not talk about it on, on my account. Oh, no, 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 no. We will certainly talk about it, Dean. We will talk about it all we want, because you know what? <laughs> I just thought assholes we are. Uh, who, who won the fight between E. Honda and Guile? Mm. <laughs> that is awesome. Bal- Balrog. Balrog actually won that fight. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and the Subaru that they beat up, or the Nissan, or whatever it is. I always loved... Uh, right. What about Ken versus Zangief? <laughs> Zangief yeah, Von Dom with the shit in this movie. Play him well, man. <laughs> like when somebody was good at that motherfucker, like they could really fuck you up with that character, dude. It was like two hits and you're done, man. They'd like do that spinning pile driver shit, and you'd be like, oh, there goes half my life bar. 
Two hits, and you're done. Two hits. I hit you. You hit the floor. <laughs> so listen, Mortal Kombat, man. I mean, look, you know what? Maybe I went into it with, with certain expectations. Um, I, I don't know if they were unfounded, being that, you know, they talked about this being, you know, finally you're going to get the R-rated Mortal Kombat that you deserve. And, you know, I'm assuming that the deserve? people that are making it are realizing that the people that were, like, Mortal Kombat fans in the early you know, to, to mid-90s are now grown-ass adults who can watch an R-rated Mortal Kombat movie with, you know, blood and gore and all kinds of great visual effects. And, uh, and yeah, I, I feel like the, the effects were, they were great in some parts, but horrible in others. I feel like the – and look, I, I'm not expecting Oscar-worthy performances when I'm watching a Mortal Kombat film, but I do at least expect the performances that are going on to be fun, and I expect the characters to be just that. They're characters. You know, it's a video game that – it originates off of, and this is a movie based on said video game. And I think like, you know, for me, like I look at this and I'm like, you know, it's like they made this movie and they forgot that video games are fun, that the people that played the Mortal Kombat games were fucking enjoying them when they were doing it. They made like a dour, bitter, sour, fucking boring slog of a movie that has a couple of decent fight effects here and there. It's got some, some fucking, some dry ass acting between Liu Kang and fucking Kung Pao or whatever the the fucking guy with the hat, his name, I can't remember it at the moment. <laughs> Kung Lo, Lo Pan, fucking Ding Dong, Ming Mong, <laughs> Kung Lao. Um, I couldn't figure out between the two of them which one was worse. You know, like I loved Ro- Robin Chow in the Mortal Kombat movies. You know, he was, he was great in actually both the first one and Annihilation. He was probably the only good part about Annihilation. Um, the 1995 movie, look, it didn't set my world on fire, but at least they remembered that it was fun. No, it didn't have the blood and the guts and the gore, but it had a kick-ass soundtrack and a fun fucking movie. Hell yeah. Um, you know, this, yeah, there, there's some cool gore effects. There are some cool fatalities in a Mortal Kombat movie from Mortal Kombat 10 or whatever the reboot was or whatever it is. Like, they're, they're literally just taking the script of the game and turning it into a movie. Well, if I want to watch that, I can just watch the cutscenes from the game. You know, that YouTube thing is, is famous for that. Like, kids these days don't bother playing video games anymore. They just watch the cutscenes. I'm pretty sure the king does that all the time. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to play the game because I don't have the system. But I watched all the cutscenes, all the cutscenes, so I know the entire plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the king doesn't do that. <laughs> Interesting. I do. I don't have to, I don't have to get a system. I can't afford them, so I just watch playthroughs. So. Go ahead, uh, we'll continue. No, again, I mean, for me, it was just ultimately it was disappointing. Um, I feel like the new character that they made for the film only, Cole Young, is, you know, I don't know. I, I guess the idea is that if you were to make generic fighter and not actually give the character <laughs> that you make any kind of flavor, <laughs> that, that is Cole Young. Um, his Arcana is like, all right, you get a super suit. I mean, I think, didn't they realize from the G.I. Joe movie that super suits don't work? I mean, it's like they took the idea from fucking Black Panther. Like, hey, what's Cole's power? Uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We're going to give him a shirt that absorbs absorbs hits and makes him stronger the more hits he takes. 
sweet. You know, it's like Kick-Ass meets Black Panther. Um, I've seen it all before. Like, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to see something that, that was more fun than what this movie ultimately delivered. I know people liked it. So, I mean, I, I don't want to shit on their opinions for it. It's just, it, wasn't, it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I know it's supposed to be, you know, the, the launching point for other movies. So hopefully they'll make something more fun in the, in the next installment. I'm sorry you're disappointed. Yeah, well, I can see where yeah. he's coming from because, like, on the flip side, like, I did enjoy the movie. But, yeah, when you compare Mortal Kombat movies, nothing beats the first one. You know, the the first one went all in. You know, it, it went in with effects. It went in with acting. Like the ghoul said, it went in with a kick-ass soundtrack, which I still fucking have on CD. You know, <laughs> um, the first movie, yeah – was 100% in there. This one is like, while it, you know, it was fun. I had fun with it. You know, um, the Jack scene, you know, I, I fucking blew my mind, you know, we, on both parts, you know, you know, him lo- losing his arms and then him getting his tiny, t- tiny T-Rex arms. I was fucking laughing my ass off, you know, and then when he was able to do a fatality, you know, I, I fucking dug it that they were going old school Mortal Kombat 2 with a fatality, you know, but, this is, you know, while it was fun, unfortunately, it was one of those movies where all the, you know, all, almost all the best things you saw in the trailer, you you really did. <laughs> um, and for all of the promises they kept t- telling us of, you know, this is going to be the ultimate movie that you guys want. You know, this, we're going to give you what you fucking want, finally. Uh, I'm going to keep saying, yeah, it's fun, but it's not what I 100% want. You know, I... I I want them to invest in the acting. I want them, you know, to to invest in their crew. I want them to invest in set. It's like because when I see Outworld and it's fucking Nevada desert and there's only 20 people wandering around and these are supposed to be the lost souls of Outworld, I'm like, really? That that those are the only extras you could fucking get. All you had to do was just put put out there, you know, hey, we need extras, Mortal Kombat movie. Who wants to show up in the middle of the desert at 2 p.m. <laughs> That's all you had to do, just sit there and get a fucking body count in there. It's like th- there was a lot of parts where I felt this was really, really lacking, but at the same time, yeah, I did have fun watching it. King. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you see shows like Into the Badlands and stuff like that, you know, from the last couple of years, I mean, we have proven that you can get performers to be in martial arts-based properties that capture the magic and mystical and mystery elements behind the actual martial arts themselves. You know, the romanticism of what we see in our heads when we're watching people like performing these things on the screens before us, um, mixed with Solid sets and, and, and fantastic performances from the character, from the actors themselves. You know, I like I said, I don't need Oscar-worthy performances. I don't. The characters can still be the silly characters that they are. But like for me, with this particular movie, like I feel like we're on par. We're we're just maybe a level or two above. We're above DOA and Street Fighter the movie, but. 
you know, those are the two basement dwellers as far as, like, fighting game movie properties go. And, like, that's coming from me who I actually really like the DOA movie. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed that one for what it was. It's just silly stupidity, and I, I, it makes me laugh. I like it, and the chicks are, are hot, which is what they're supposed to be in DOA. So you're talking about a video game in which you could change your age, which by putting yourself as 99 years old, it just made their boobies bounce more. The older you were, the more bounce and jiggle to the game. I mean, you know, those, those are developers that are, like, after my own heart. What do you uh, okay. think about the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to, to, to keep going over the same exact things that everybody said. It's just, it was a very uh, bland movie uh, with a very bland lead character in Cole Young. Um, I went in there with all the hype of the unapologetically gory scenes and violent scenes and it really wasn't. I mean, it, they had some cool, like the ghoul said, uh, some cool gore scenes, but overall, it was very tame. Um, and then all of a sudden, Cabal shows up, and he's like, yeah, boss, I got this guy named Kano. He's totally, like, fucking a dick, but, man, you're going to love him. I was like, what? Is <laughs> Cabal was so now? fucking funny, man. <laughs> that was well, probably, like, the best actor in the entire movie. <laughs> it makes sense. All super serious and all badass, and we're like, yeah, we're going to get him. We're going to get Kano. We're going to get Wu Kang. And I was like, yeah, boss, we're going to get him. We're going to hurt him real good. Right, boys? Yeah. Hey, guy, you know that guy in the cell over there with the red eye? Yo, boss, he'll fuck those people up if you pay him enough of money, guy. (laughs) Yeah, and and the whole problem I had with it towards the end was the fact that there really are no consequences in this universe. Like, there really isn't, because as it shows you, people can come back. So, really, there is no fatalities in this universe. You can come back. There's a way to bring you back, you know, and that's the biggest thing that really kind of made me mad at the end. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I just thought they dropped the ball. So many angles with that story. And, yes, uh, Liu Kang, or I call Japanese Justin Long, that's who I was watching you know, throughout this movie. I was like, that's not Liu Kang. Should, should that's be just Chinese, uh, horrible. Sorry. Yeah, well, Whatever he is, it just wasn't good. It just, you know, oh, like Kano was the only thing that held that movie together. And then to see the Goro fight go down the way that it did, no thank you. That fight sucked mm-hmm. really bad. I, I wanted so much more, and it was like, yeah, no, let's get Goro out of the picture real fast. Because he's got a gold shirt on, so that means he can't be defeated now. Well, maybe uh, it was gold. Yeah. And, and there was a <laughs> scene where it's like, well, Goro stretching him, and you actually see the kids stretch a little bit like stretch Armstrong in between Goro's arms because the CGI was so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, it, it just, it wasn't what I, I was hoping for more gore. I was hoping for more just fights, I guess. And, you know, if they said tournament one more time, I was going to play a drinking game called how many times did I say tournament? And I'd be fucked <laughs> up because they said tournament like every five seconds. It's a movie about a video game which is a video game about a fighting tournament, except the movie about the video game with a fighting tournament, and it has no tournament because everything in the movie is all about a setup to a tournament. You know, like I watched, I watched Bloodsport just like two nights ago. I love that movie because you know what? Fuck Here yeah. you go. You, you put a bunch of various style martial artists in a ring, mm-hmm. and they fight each other. There's really no storyline to it otherwise. You know, he's simply in there to fight for the honor of his, his Shidoshi's 
name, yeah. and that's it. And you have some great martial arts. You have some great performances by, you know, Bolo Young and Jean-Claude Van Damme and Donald Gibb. You know, like you get these, 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 these little nuances and stuff. But for the most part, what does the movie focus on? It focuses on a fighting tournament because that's what it's about. And a Mortal Kombat movie and should Forrest have Whitaker's a attitude. fighting tournament in it. What's up? And Forrest Whitaker's attitude. Yes, and Forrest <laughs> with, with a ta- who, 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 with a taser. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, like one of the other things too, like okay, like you said, it's supposed to be unapologetically brutal and bloody. Yes, there are some gore scenes with blood spray and all this and that. But honestly, I think if they trimmed those scenes by literally just a couple of seconds and eliminated the 20 or so times they dropped the F-bomb in that movie, you have a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie. And that's, con- that's keeping the fatalities yep. and just letting a little bit of the blood spatter go away. And, you know, like, I-, I think honestly that this is one of those things where if this movie was still going to theaters only, they probably would have done that to get more asses in the seats to make more money in the theater. But because they knew this was going in both the theatrical and on HBO Max, I think they were a little bit more willing to allow this and have all the curse words and all that stuff. Because, I mean, it almost felt like it was out of place. It was like, how many times can you just say fuck, you know? And uh, I drop F-bombs like, like a madman on a regular basis. But, like, even me watching this, it was kind of like, okay, you guys are kind of getting – getting old with this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it was. But yeah, you know, it, it was underwhelming. You know, people that liked it, I get it. I get their points about the action and everything like that. But, you know, when I say my points, they're like, get the fuck out of here. That was a great movie. Well, no, I, I it's, think... no you, you have to see the flaws in both. You know, you, gotta, you, you, you can't sit there and say this was a great movie while, you know, still loving the original one. You know, and be like, this one is lacking on so many levels compared to the first Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> I mean, I think too, what you get is, uh, I think you have what we have to remember is because of our age, because a lot of us growing up with you know Mortal Kombat as the arcade sensation that it was, you know, our experiences okay. with that game you know, originally are in arcades. It's in slapping quarters Cabinet. down, you know, watching, you know, at the time, which was amazing, you know, graphics of actual motion captured actors, you know, performing yeah. oh, these yeah. moves. It wasn't an animated sprite. It wasn't like some, some like little thing like high arc or uh, RE Kung Fu or whatever that game was. Um, ye are Kung Fu. Uh, you know, we actually, like, had what really looked like real people in the game, and then you add to it, like, this this whole bloody mess of, of craziness that you got with these with these fatalities and everything. Um, and then we have a, the new generation of Mortal Kombat fans who got into it when the reboot first happened, which I think was with, like, the eighth version of the game. And you're talking console releases, you know, people that were playing it on the PS2 or the PS3, whichever system it had come out for. uh, I forget which one it was of the two. And I guess the Xbox 360 at the time. Um, You know, like, so, so I do think we have that divide, and I think that's a big divide, because for them, that's the only Mortal Kombat they know, and now that Mortal Kombat has, like, more of a storyline than the Mortal Kombat that we remember, because, again, I mean, I know 
you know, we both know, Monkey, that when you played Mortal Kombat, there was no story. You literally just rose up a ladder, oh. fought Goro, fought Shang Tsung, and the game was over. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I remember back in the day, man, when that thing first came out, because it was like when I was, you know, about 16, going around, and I was like, you know, had my driver's license. I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going home. I'll go to the, you know, all-night fucking arcade at Putt-Putt or some shit like that. Street Fighter 2 was the fucking shit. Everyone was fucking playing Street Fighter 2. Like you said, everyone was popping their fucking quarters. But then as soon as that MK cabinet showed up, you know, everyone was like, holy fuck, what is this? <laughs> everyone was fucking yeah, losing I mean, their shit <laughs> over the Mortal Kombat cabinet. You know, you had your Mortal Kombat fans, you had your Street Fighter 2 fans. Two very drastically different games, gameplay, the whole nine, you know? Like, yes, obviously certain mechanics were the same. You know, fireballs are fireballs and all this and that. But, you know, they, uh, you had two, two different people, two sets of people doing that. And like I said, man, one had fatalities in it, the other didn't. Then you had your SNK machine, man. That was like your real indie shit. You know, uh, <laughs> Samurai, uh, Samurai Showdown and stuff like that. Yep. World of Fighters, those guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've burnt up more than enough time of the Dean's horror news. <laughs> let's let the Dean have a whack at his section here. Uh, I just want to throw out real quick, man, real quick congratulations to Anthony Mackie, man. We have a new Captain America. It's well-deserved. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't watched Captain, uh, Captain, I was going to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier. If you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I highly recommend it because you're going to be really confused otherwise when we do eventually get Captain America 4. Fuck Papa Doc. Right, fuck cool. a clock. <laughs> fuck a beat. I'll go acapella. Yeah, what do you think? Yes. Congratulations. Mama said Doc. knock you out. Papa Doc has risen <laughs> above uh, the, the, the gang violence of Detroit to become a new superhero. We, we, we wish him all the best in his endeavors. Um, but before we move on, um, in regards to Mortal Kombat, since you're also lukewarm, I thought maybe you would like to know that even though there is no official sequel announced at this time. It's been said, uh, one of the co-writers, Greg Russo, is saying that the, you can expect the sequel to go to other realms beyond Earthrealm and Outworld, most notably Adenia and the various characters who populate it. So uh, the world of Mortal Kombat uh, may be expanding for your viewing pleasure when the time comes. Oh, dude, they're spreading themselves thin there. <laughs> what the fuck is it? What is a Dedia? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reading the news, man. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It no, is. I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm asking Monkey. Like, do you know what that is? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I know Nether Realm. I know, you know, obviously Outworld and all that stuff. Like, I, I understand now that those are like different places, but I had never heard of a genius. He says, uh, who knows? Quote. And so, one of the realms that I felt like it didn't make sense to introduce in this story because we were so focused on Earth Realm and Outworld was Edenia, which is another big realm in the Mortal Kombat universe, and that has a ton of great characters that reside there, 
their storylines intersect there. My favorite cool. character, Katana, is a princess in Edenia, and it just didn't feel oh, right cool. to bring her in. Well, she was hot in the original movie, so I'm, I'm good with her coming in. Oh, hell yeah. There we go. You know, but yeah, apparently that's where, uh, yeah, Katana, uh, like, uh, Katana and Jade and um, all, all of them come from is that area, and it's supposed to be blessed by the Elder Gods, apparently, according to the Internet. <laughs> Speaking of Elder Gods, man, you know, for all the talk of Raiden finally being, like, Asian and then not whitewashing it and everything, like, why did he still perform it like Christopher Lambert? I know, right? <laughs> uh, that was kind of weird. I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so what else you got, Dean? Uh, Monkey, this, this one is, is just for you because I know how much of a fan you were of the recent exploits of King Kong and Godzilla. So I was Fuck so excited you. to tell this story for <laughs> Favorite you. Favorite movie ever. Uh, uh, director Adam Wingard has said that uh, – well, first I, I want to say uh, that uh, uh, Adam Wingard is in talks for another MonsterVerse movie. Uh, there is no timetable, but the big one that's been floating around for him to possibly tackle uh, is the Son of Kong. Let him have it. As long as he stays away from the big G, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you, honestly, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can do whatever I'm looking for. As long as it doesn't involve Godzilla, you know, you know I'm all for another monster movie. Godzilla's been done to death. Leave him alone. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's plenty of other kaijus out there that, you know, if they want to go back and touch again, you know, Toho has a whole fucking catalog for you to pick from. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little crazy for thinking it, but, like, you know, I, judging from the tone of his movie, I would love to see Wingard actually approach Mothra. I would not mind that at all. What do you think, King? Because I know you're the Mothra fan. Oh, I'd love it. I think that he would do a good job. I mean, I like what he did with Godzilla vs. Kong, so if he's all for the monsterverse, I would love to see a fully fleshed out, modern-age monster film. And I think he'd be the guy to do it. So, yeah, I'm with the goal on that one. Definitely. If you can make it happen, I'll be for it. All right, cool. I mean, Dean? In addition, and I don't know if you know this, but director of the Godzilla versus King Kong film, Adam Wingard, has said that Kong folds up and kills Nazuki, or a.k.a. Warbat. Uh, he said that that was specifically inspired by the holodeck murder scene from Jason X when Jason picks up and smashes the sleeping bag around. Uh, he says that Godzilla and King versus King Kong features a Jason X direct reference was actually a reference to uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 to begin with. But, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, obviously. Who's watching the rest of the begin movie, with. you know? <laughs> but that was one of the funny scenes in, in Jason X when he when he's in the fucking hologram world and, and winging the, the sleeping bags around. 
I mean, that was a funny part. We've run out of ground. I don't think I don't think any other film in I don't think any other film this year or in years past is featuring any Jason X references. So I just thought I would throw that out there and share that with the group. Probably for reason. Hey, listen, hey, it's, it's good that he threw that in there, yeah. along with his Die Hard and his uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, little, uh, oh yeah, that fucking Die Hard jump. Jeez. What was what was the Die Hard <laughs> reference? A con jumping off the uh, paddle carrier as it crashes, and yeah, it's John McClane uh, jumping what, off. What the, and well, what was the lethal no, weapon <laughs> reference? Popping, uh, con popping his shoulder back into place, using a building to knock his shoulder back into a socket. Ah. Uh. So yeah, it was the cool little from Wingard. Yeah, I know Monkey hated the Die Hard one. I loved it. It's only in this movie could we have a, a Kong acting like John McClane. Oh, yeah, dude. That was a fantastic <laughs> little shit. <laughs> I thought so, anyway. I did, too. Hey, listen, man. Monkey's the one that hated it. <laughs> I was all about that. And the shoulder pop. I was, yeah, I love both of those sequences. Little Die Hard, Little Leaf Weapon, man. Can't, can't go wrong. It was a, a balls-to-the-wall action film. You just can't please the monkey as the Kong, as we learned. But, all right, Dean, uh, what else do you have? Well, since I just referenced uh, Jason X, uh, I just thought that I should continue on to tell everyone, if they haven't heard, that uh, Victor Miller uh, made some noise this week. As we all know, Victor Miller is the original writer of Friday the 13th. He says that Jason Voorhees has been done wrong. He says Jason Voorhees has been mistreated by his franchise. Uh, he said that that Jason Voorhees, uh, through all of the sequels, was framed as the main villain uh, and not a victim. Uh, it's a sad state of affairs. He said that uh, Friday the 13th uh, was supposed to end after the reveal of Pamela Voorhees was supposed to end uh, distinctively uh, with her death, with the story being uh, that of a, of a mom on, on, a, on a twisted uh, hunt for revenge uh, over the yeah. death of her son. He said that the final, uh, the final scare on the lake uh, when Jason uh, comes out of the water, uh, he said that that was tacked on at the very last minute. Um, in fact, yes, it was. Tom Savini yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, had just no. I know. I'm just. I'm just reporting to you what Victor Miller was talking about. I'm not. I'm not sharing anything new with you guys. I'm just doing the news here, right? Uh, but anyway, our, our, uh, apparently Tom Savini has just recently balanced. seen. The dean is fair and balanced. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, apparently, Savini had seen had recently seen Carrie, and uh, you know after seeing. Uh, the hand come out of the cemetery, the grave at the end, uh, he felt that they needed to tack on that, that, that last jump scare at the end. And that's how that scene, uh, you know, upsetting Victor Miller, uh, that's how that scene got incorporated to the film. So still more sour grapes is obviously the lawsuits, uh, you know, uh, apparently there's no end in sight. Apparently, I remember like back to this time a year ago, it was supposed to be wrapping up any minute, but uh, lo and behold, yeah. uh, the, 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 the story drags on. And then, in the final word of Friday the 13th this week, 
uh, the our very own Ghoul's favorite video game, the Friday the 13th video game, has announced that uh, this May 4th, on uh, you know uh, Star Wars Day, May, May 4th, uh, the final final patch uh, for the Friday the 13th game is going to come through. So the very final patch uh, for the Friday the 13th game is going to happen. So, on so what they're adding? So, uh, something related to, to gameplay, something about combat stance, um, and something about something with the characters. Uh, there's a list. There's like a there's like a PDF list of, of all of the patch inclusions, um, of which I didn't make note of all of those things. Well, that's not how you report the news, Dean. We don't know now. I mean, this is we're not informed. Well, well, don't you just watch it on YouTube because you don't have the system, King? I do, but I'm not informed of this news. That's going to fucking blow people's minds when they find out about this. People are just going to not know what to do with it. Or that Leatherface uses the same stuff? That's weird. I thought he used a knife. No, the part of the patch is because of Star Wars Day, they're going to give Jason for he's a lightsaber. No. Yes. They're going to tack it on. It's a, it's a lightsaber in the shape of a machete. That's kind of cool. Oh, I, I, I like machete. You like the dark saber. Yeah. Okay. Wow. There's that, there's that awkward silence, you know, that, that, that we have to have like once once an episode. Well, I was letting I was letting <laughs> you all digest. May the fourth be with you. Piece of news. Uh, <laughs> I just felt that everybody needed a little time to digest the news before before we moved on. But a lot to think. Uh, I have not, uh, but I know earlier today uh, some of you were talking about the trailer for the upcoming Conjuring film. Uh, I did not watch the trailer. Um, but in addition, I've, I have learned that in addition to the Conjuring film, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, that is on the horizon, uh, the Conjuring universe is going to be expanding yet again. Uh, there is going to be a Conjuring comic book called Conjuring the Lover. And apparently it is going to be a prelude, Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, it's going to be five issues released monthly uh, with DC Comics. This is going to be DC Comics. DC Comics has a new 17-plus uh, imprint series called DC Horror. And uh, they promise they will be delivering new levels of suspense and terror to keep fans cool. reading with the lights on, even in the daytime. Uh, so if you're a fan of horror comics, uh, DC, uh, DT, DC's uh, DC uh, horror is is where you should uh, be spending your hard-earned comic book money, uh, starting with The Conjuring, The Lover. Well, uh, I look sounds, forward to it getting... Sounds like DC's yeah, trying to relaunch yeah. Vertigo. <laughs> and I still, uh, I, I'm, even though they changed it to DC Infinite or whatever they call it... Um, and they, they no longer produce any kind of television or anything, and they don't have any of the movies on it. I'm still paying for the uh, the comic book end of the app. And, uh, yeah, so that, that might give me a reason to get back to uh, to, to reading again and uh, checking some of that out. But I know it'll be a couple of months down the road for me. 
Do you get all the latest issues on that app too? The way they do it is, I mean, there are some exclusive digital-only types of uh, of comics that they put out on it. For the most part, though, it's it's normally a few months behind whatever the latest issues are. But since they moved it to this comic book only thing i think they kind of bumped that up a little bit so if it used to be like six months back now you get stuff within like two months or so oh okay but uh yeah i mean i watched the trailer i know king did too um i don't know i think uh you know i i've never been a hater of the conjuring movies uh and i don't have anything really against the the warrens either i mean you know i, I don't know you know, all that much about like them themselves. I know they're considered frauds and all that. Um, but, you know, as far as the movies themselves go, I've always found them to be fairly entertaining. You know, the, the actual conjuring movies, the, the other universe stuff that, uh, that I could do without, you know, except for like Annabelle creation. I think that was the only Annabelle movie that I really enjoyed. Uh, but this one really looks like it's, uh, it's really shedding, the idea that any of this is like real stuff. It really looks like this is like a straight up like new line yeah. style horror movie. And, uh, I can appreciate that. That's uh, it's a nice turn of, uh, of play. You know, I know it's still based on the, the true memoirs of them and all that shit, but it definitely feels and looks more like just, a, uh, an action style horror film than, than I felt like the other conjuring movies did. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I know, uh, I know you watched the ghoul. I know uh, Monkey and Dean have not. But, yeah, it's basically them taking the idea of the, the devil made me do it case and then just cranking it up to 11. Like, let's put as much shit in here as we can, crank up the jump scares, crank up the scares. In general, Ed Warren sitting in court going, I think it's about time we acknowledge the devil exists. It's like, well, okay. We all acknowledge right, so God something. in the court. <laughs> yeah. Now got to bring in the devil. But it's like, yeah, but I mean, I've talked about it on the show before. The whole case revolves around Killing his landlord in 1981. There was a possession case before that for the Warrens with an 11-year-old. And then when he went to court, he went, oh, the devil went in me. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And the Warrens are like, ooh, we're going to the shit out of this court. The devil is real, people. Get used to it. And they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> then the movie, what if we do that? But then we just fucking put everything out there. Ghosts, Satan, demons, possession. And then we'll have a little bit of court drama in there, too. Just for good measure. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Dun, dun. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it's like the same thing, man. A little law and order. <laughs> yeah. And Arnie was convicted of his crime, and he served five years of, like, a 10 to 20 sentence. So he got out in five. You know, he didn't need the devil made me do it defense. No. His landlord was a dick, and he defended his girlfriend from getting, you know, raped by him. So... It was a defense case, but they wanted to bump up those bookcases. Got to bump up those sales, so the devil made me do it. So let's just say the devil made him do it, and they became famous. And then there was a huge lawsuit a couple of years ago from David Glassell, who was the kid that was supposedly exercised of his demons by the uh, Warrens, where he's like, yeah, they're all a bunch of con artists and fucking scam artists. And they painted my dad like he was a villain, so he tried to sue them for all this money. But the Warrens didn't have a lot of money towards the end because they had been sued by fucking everybody. <laughs> they didn't really have a lot of money towards the end, so they didn't really, you know, take that forward from the court. But the Conjuring movies, that, if you don't pay attention, the Conjuring movies are fucking great. They're, they're popcorn movies. 
that that's the movie I want to see is everyone taking the Warriors to court. <laughs> Go on, you're full of shit. <laughs> you freaked yeah, the out my family. They're, they're all in fucking counseling now. Law and order, special warrants unit. Don't don't. We're being sued again, Ed. Damn it! Why don't they believe the devil is real? Well, this lawsuit is real, though. Stay out yourself out of this one, Ed. <laughs> it's Lorraine that does all the, the, the seance stuff. Her, no, she uh, didn't. Alternate re- her alternate reality moments. Yeah, bumping on the bottom of the table. Going, What's that? What's that? I think I heard something. I think I heard a huh. I think I, I think I heard a what? <laughs> oh my god! I think I heard a kick. Knock once for oh. yes, knock twice for no. This house is clean. <laughs> this house is clean. Can't you pass my fat stack of cash? Oh, God. Let's not talk about the fat bags. <laughs> Can't see all the ghosts from my yacht, y'all. <laughs> what else got that So, <clears throat> you may or may not know that uh, quite some time ago, uh, a screenwriter named William Gibson wrote a treatment uh, for Aliens 3. Uh, ultimately, uh, his script for Aliens 3 was not used when they made the actual film, even though some consider uh, his script to be a much, uh, a much better story. Uh, so much so that his original script uh, was made into uh, a comic book and it was also made into an audio drama uh, with voice work from Michael Bean and Lance Henriksen. Uh, now, uh, that uh, comic book and that audio drama were based on uh, the second draft of Gibson's Alien 3. Uh, coming this summer, on August 31st, uh, an author named Cadigan. Uh, has teamed up with William Gibson uh, to bring to you a novelization of William Gibson's Alien 3 script, but this one is going to be based on his first draft. Uh, It's going to be clocking in at 340 pages. And uh, just to kind of tie back to something I was talking about earlier, Pat Cadigan wrote the novelization for Jason X. Ooh. Oh, look at you. So they're bringing shit around. <laughs> I don't know. Who? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Universal yeah, Studios people... Orlando. Oh, go ahead, Gould. I know people are always... No, I was going to say, I know people are always on the fence about the the whole Alien 3 thing, you know? Like, some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. I mean, I, I can at least now look at it and appreciate that they tried to bring it back to, like, the horror aspect of it, uh, as opposed to the action film that you got with the second Alien movie. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know. For me, it's still Alien and Aliens. Yep. Yeah, yep. agreed, man. Yep. Well, like I enjoyed Alien Three because I thought I, 
like them dialing it back to just cheesy independent science fiction movies of the 80s and early 90s. You know, I, I, I like them just dialing it back and not so much balls to the wall. But still, though, it's like when you compare it, it's like alien, aliens, and then that thing is its own creature. You know, and I don't try to think of it as tied to the first two in any way. Well, yeah, so definitely saying, an offshoot. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so what were you saying, Dean? Oh, I was just moving on to the next thing. I didn't realize there was going to be so much talk about Aliens 3. Um, but if we continue in that direction, uh, Universal Studios Orlando is going to be selling massive statues of the Velociraptor Blue. Uh, from Jurassic Park movies. Uh, this mega-sized Jurassic statue uh, will set you back uh, $1,500. So if you would like to have a is, dinosaur velociraptor statue, uh, you can it pony size? up to dough. And, uh, uh, they're calling it mega-sized. Let's see what they tell us. Mega-sized. For the love of God, yeah. man. Yeah, but the dean calls his own cock mega size. That doesn't, you know, it's like we we gotta have. I've kind never of said anything of the sort. Yeah. It's sixteen inches tall. Yeah. One thing. That, that's that, yeah. That's not what all your fans in Sweden say. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it right Every, now. Yeah, sixteen inches. What is it? Sixteen so, inches. No, man. That's, yeah. that's That 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 inches one on Amazon is a hundred and thirty nine bucks. Uh, I'm talking about something that Universal Studios Orlando is going to be selling directly. Um, so that's what I'm looking up right now. It says a one-six figure of the Lost Lot for Blue, available in Jurassic Outfitters for fifteen hundred bucks. It's one-six figure. That's big. One-six scale? That's small. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'm seeing the release that I'm looking at says. They're calling it mega sized. I don't see a, a size on it. It says mega sized. Yeah. Well, I'll take the word for it. Mega sized. Universal sells giant $1,500 Velociraptor to guests. Like, how do they take it home? Do they, do they like, just put it on the roof of their car? Do they ship it to them? Do they ride it? Do they get to ride it home? Is it mechanical? If it's that big, I don't know. Does it have hoverboard feet? <laughs> oh, I'm looking at a uh, picture man. of it, man. They're calling it one six size, but this thing is pretty fucking big. Uh, maybe you There's could put it, it, put it in the back of the store. Just, just put it in a fucking bo- open top box truck like they do with Tammy the T Rex. <laughs> what do you mean by pretty big, Dean? I mean, like when you're looking at it, like give us like some some like reference here. It's coming in, man. Here's a, fix, here's a picture of it on display inside the, uh, inside the store. We're on coming the radio, in the, in the, in the... Dean. People can't see the picture. For the love of God. <laughs> it looks yeah, like it's as tall as five shelves of merchandise and as wide yeah. uh, as, like, multiple T-shirt racks, uh, yeah, you know, man. in its case here. So uh, you can check it out uh, on the Universal uh, Twitter uh, if you are okay. listening and are so desperate to get an opportunity to see this thing. All right, Dean, we're going to have to teach you about perception and depth perception. And, yes, it looks like it's three 
things high because it's right in front of you, and those shelves are in the back of the store. So that my yeah, thing might only be like two feet high, and maybe like three feet wide. Talking about the shelves just yeah. to the right of his head, bro. Uh, right yeah, and you're right up close to the camera. Okay. And why are we arguing about this? Who fucking cares about this goddamn statue? <laughs> I was just saying, if you None have fifteen hundred dollars that you want to fucking spend on a fucking Jurassic Park large fucking statue action figure, knock your fucking selves out. This is where you fucking get it. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. I don't care how big it is. If you got $1,500 in your oasis, that's your fucking problem. <laughs> Moving yeah. on with my news. I would never spend $1,500 on that shit. <laughs> never. Nope. Yeah, never, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur. And... Dino Dean in the in the wider uh, realm of toys Dean. that some of you like so much. <laughs> the, the the Funko uh, the Funko company is going to be releasing a supersized uh, Ellen Ripley figure. Ellen Ripley in six inches tall. It's six inches tall. Uh, on that's June twenty third. That's on June twenty third. It's going to be uh, Ripley inside the power loader uh, from Aliens. Uh, this figure will be six inches tall. It will be released on June 23rd for the uh, the much lower price of $24.99. That's $24.99 for you listening at home. The low, low price of $24.99. So wait, with the power loader, she's only six inches? Or she's six inches and then the power loader goes around her six-inch no, body? No, this is the whole thing. She's inside the power loader, and the whole thing apparently is six inches. So it's tiny. It's the biggest and that's supersized? That, according to the Funko release, yes. Yes, yes, it is. I don't know how big Funko things usually are. Well, normally, the regular they have, are about – they're normally about six inches. So, I mean, yeah, I know and they, they have, like, mega-sized ones that are, like, gigantic. They're, like, I, I remember getting yeah. uh, my, my one kid a really big Bulbasaur. Yeah, they've got some that are, like, at, at, yeah, like, at least 12 inches tall that you can find at the Walmart, you know. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they're Among Take others. Take bookshelf. All right, then. All right, then. How many bookshelves high is it? Uh, I, I don't have any comparison. Dean, you're off. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to measure everything from now on. How many bookshelves is it? <laughs> and, I mean, what are we talking about as far as books go, too? I mean, are we talking, like, paperbacks, or are we talking, like, full-on hardcovers here? I mean, bookshelves can vary in size. They can. How heavy are these tomes? Talking about the collective works of Alan Poe, or are we talking about Stephen King books? Coming in hot to the group. Uh, there, there it is, Ripley in the power loader. It's a GameStop exclusive, apparently, according to the packaging materials. Okay. So what else have you got on the I'm sure, sure it's, I'm sure it's going to set the stock market aflame. Uh, so Tim Burton, <laughs> uh, Tim Burton has an upcoming... Netflix live action Adams Family series uh, no. simply titled Wednesday. 
there is no release date for this Tim Burton live-action Adams Family series titled Wednesday, but it is looking like Wednesday Adams from the 90s herself. Uh, the strong, strong rumor going around is that Christina Ricci is going uh, to be playing the role of Morticia Adams uh, for this Tim Burton uh, live-action Adams Family series. Uh, at this time, there's no release date attached to this, and the Christina Ricci news is just a strong rumor at this point in time. Uh, but yes, uh, Christina Ricci might be returning to the Adams Family universe. The very beautiful Christina it, Ricci. Pretty and all that kind of stuff, and I could, and yeah, I could definitely see her playing it, you know, because because when you look on the internet, you know, she's got she has a picture out there of you know her dressed up in the Adams. Uh, outfit and because of her dimensions she definitely looks more like Morticia from the TV show that, that Monkey she paints portraits of Barbara Streisand <laughs> that has nothing to do about whether or not she can land the role trying <laughs> Samoan and his uncircumcised penis <laughs> I, I'm just worried about this project and about Tim Burton doing what Tim Burton does the projects <laughs> and making it a thing about him and him making it a thing about you know whining about how parents won't understand him. <laughs> it does that. If you will, right, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, her casting is not set in stone. Uh... This is going to be a live-action Tim Burton pursuit. That um, goes, you know, back and forth between the, the animation and the, the live-action. Uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, uh, is the public wanting more Adams Family? Uh, does the younger generation have any idea who the Adams Family is or give a shit? Um, yes, of course, there was an animated <laughs> movie. Just like there was an animated movie like two years ago, man. That actually made that was actually money. I fucking know, huh? Well, no, it was actually quite fun. But I'm just so glad that him and Helena Bonham Carter split up, or she would be fucking playing Morticia. So I'm so happy about that, at least. You don't know. Oh, oh she, Helena Bonham Carter is going to be playing Wednesday Adams. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so sexy. Yeah, they made the horse. Yeah, look at this. Here. Adams Family animated film in 2019 pulled in a tidy $204 million on a on a meager $24 million budget. I had no idea. I've never even heard of this. Oh, yeah, that was kind of fun. Snoop Dogg was in it. And Charlize Theron, Hit Girl, Finn Wolfhard, Bette Midler, Allison Janney. All right, quite a, quite a cast. All right, look at that. Yeah, a lot I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the news. Now guy. you know. And knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. Thank you. The other half is shooting. Oh, One of the gun. king of horrors, uh, you know, important horror figures in the world of the king of horror, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, uh, is currently hosting the third season of The Last Drive In with Joe Bob Briggs on exclusively on the Shutter uh, streaming service. And it's been announced that this coming week, uh, April 30th, when the new episode will air live on the Shutter live feed on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, 
we will be he will be joined uh by none other than Jeffrey Combs himself. Uh as always it has not been announced what films uh will be watched. Uh they did drop a tidbit that there will be some like a sequel to something involved. So with Jeffrey Combs involvement there's of course rumor that something from the reanimator universe might become part of this broadcast. Uh but uh Joe Bob Briggs and Jeffrey Combs for two uh, two films. Uh, this will be live again on Friday on Shutter at nine, and then it will be available to stream at your leisure uh, on Sunday. So, if you've been Aging following the exploits of Joe Bob Briggs <laughs> and his current season, then uh, you will have another episode to look forward to uh, in just uh, you know just two days' time. So, um, for those of you that watch, I, I wish you well. And then, that I'm was sure the last they thing I had to talk that. about. Thank you, Gene. You're welcome. <laughs> Godspeed. You're... And with that, I say that's it. That's the end. That's the end of Gene's news. Wow. So long, farewell. I'll be there thank you. Until thank next you. time. And you, and you. And you. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Until next time. Until next time, uh, where there will be uh, more to talk about, I hope. I feel like it's been uh, a lot of slow doings the last couple weeks as I put my items together. It's been a a wider search to find some relevant stories. So uh, I'm hoping as we get closer to the summer season and that, uh, you know, theaters can start to open with a bigger capacity, uh, studios will start to fire up once again and there will be more news to talk about usually i sit down and like very quickly have a couple circuits on the internet that i make to find all of this information that i share with all of you people uh but it's 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 been been slim pickings lately and i'm I'm hoping for an influx of fresh information sure like you said uh, yeah but on a super quick side note you know like you said hoping that theaters open just remember everyone do your part sit there and go and get your shots stop being a whiny bitch and just go ahead and get your COVID shot so that we can all fucking get back to normal lives go back to the movie theaters and all that kind of shit of course and if you want a compendium of other things that I find around the internet that we might not have covered on tonight's show or any show in general Facebook page, Talking Terrible, where I am uploading at least 10 to 12 articles a day to try uh, what I find around the Internet that I think that you might find interesting. I think think what the king is trying to say, Dean, is that you need to step up your news searching. Yeah, well, you know what? A lot of of overlap in in what gets posted on the Facebook page and, uh, you know... um, I choose the things that, you know, I feel are of interest to myself and our audience. And if there's some disparity between what the King of Horror posts and what I post, then so be it. No, I guess what I said, as a compendium, if there's something you're missing or you want to check out. It gives you a reason to go visit the Facebook page, everybody. See? Look at that. Because a lot of what the Dean talks about is also on the Talking Terror page. So if you want additional stuff, you know, you want to see what I'm talking about on there. It's up there, so just like we have an Instagram page you guys can visit and check out what the team and the goal are cultivating on over there. We are all over social media. So it's important to know that we are there on the couch. 
We hoard ourselves wherever we can to get your love and attention. And and, and other things. (laughs) Come on out to the Instagram and join the fun. At Talking Terror, uh, we have so much fun over there. You're missing out if you're listening and you're not with us on Instagram. It's a great place to go and spend some of your social media minutes each day. And there you have it. All right. If that's it for you with horror news, uh, it is your turn for your film pick of the week, Dean. You decided to go with Severance from 2006, directed by Christopher Smith. I want you to hit us with a summary and your thoughts, and we'll kick this discussion off. Yes, we have Severance from 2006. Uh, Co-British, co-German horror-slash-comedy film. Uh, Yes, as the King of Horror said, it was directed by Christopher Smith, co-written by James Moran, uh, co-written with James Moran. Um, This movie uh, tells the story of a group of co-workers uh, who work in uh, the corporate world dealing weapons, and uh, they're headed to a luxury retreat in a remote forest in Hungary uh, for a team-building, you know, a corporate team-building weekend away Uh, which uh, that kind of bullshit is one of the things that I am, uh, one of the reasons that I'm glad that I don't work in the corporate world. Um, But (laughs) as this group makes their way into the forest, uh, one bad thing after the next uh, seems to happen to this group who realize uh, that uh, there are hunters out there in the woods and they are the prey, and the big question that gets presented to the viewers is who, if anyone, is going to survive behind the attacks? Uh, and there you have a loose uh, description of Severance, directed by Christopher Smith. Cool. What did you think of it, man? Um. Uh, oh. Are we t- are we uh, tuning up? La 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 la. Oh. Um, I, I didn't not. think I that this was a. I didn't think this was a, a great film, but I thought it was fun. Uh, there were a couple of parts that I that I really kind of like had a, like a belly laugh here and there that I thought were kind of funny. Um, because you know I I forgot when uh, queuing this up that there was supposedly a comedy element to it so there were some things that made me laugh um you know and some of the violence was good but i you know i I usually say that i wish they would have gone further with that but um you know there was some fun stuff here and uh you know it wasn't great but it was certainly uh like a harmless uh i didn't dislike it it was like a harmless way to kill some time um so yeah like I, i thought it was entertaining but of course not not the best movie that i've ever seen all right. <laughs> cool. What did you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, this has got that uh, – this falls into that category from, like, that 1998 to 2007, 2008, like, that quick 10 years of, like, horror films that we got where this kind of has that, like, one-part hostile uh, – you know, a little bit of wrong turn is in here. Uh, 
Like, you know, feel, it feels like it's an homage in a way to, like, all of those films, or at least like a hodgepodge. I guess it can't be an homage because it was coming out while those films were as well. Um, but as far as, like, the, the film itself went, yeah, I kind of agree with the Dean on this one. I didn't hate it by any stretch. I did feel like it slows down at certain points where it's kind of like, okay, let's, 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 let's get going again. Um, but, you know, the, the, the moments in which it decides to uh, – Get messy, are fun, um, but yeah, I could I could agree too that I, I would have liked it to have taken it a little bit further. But I think to do that might have lessened the uh, the comedy aspect of it. I think they were going for you know quote unquote smart comedy and not you know slapsticky level of like hey let's let's have fucking blood and guts and gore all over the place. Uh, Ooh, excuse me. What about you, I, monkey? monkey what do you think? Uh, yeah, um, uh, again, this is one of those movies where, again, it falls into that territory of, you know, we're, we're covering most dangerous game. You know, we're just putting our spin on it. So thing is, what unique story did they bring to it? And I thought the movie was fun. I thought it was quirky. I went into this completely blind, so I was not expecting any humor at all. Just because no no offense, Dean, but it was your pick, so it's just you, you usually tend to pick a lot of dry films when you go with your European films. So when this one again was, you mean you know almost all of his films. I'm just glad this one wasn't in French. Yeah. I got no, worried. But, 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 no, but, but this but this one was funny, just like his last pick was with slacks, you know, and I was just enjoying what I was watching here. Again, like everyone else has said, I wish they had taken the gore a little bit further, especially when we get into some scenes where it was very, very hostile. I was hoping to actually see some of the action, but at the same time, you know, it was what it was, but I enjoyed it. I, I had fun with it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was just a good movie to sit down and have some fun with. King, what did you think of it, man? Yeah, tell us, King. Tell um, us. Yeah, I first saw this movie back in 2008, 2009, back when it was uh, a regular showing on the Fearnet on-demand station uh, for Comcast. Uh, it was usually playing late at night uh, as far as like their Monday programming because it was about work, uh, you know, uh, getaways. Um, I saw it back then, I didn't like it, and I saw it now, and I still don't like it. I, um, just a, a very dry movie um, where it is touted as a comedy. It's, it, I mean, the poster even says, you know, in the vein of Shaun of the Dead, uh, where Shaun of the Dead is actually funny. This one, I think they tried really hard to be funny. Um, I think they, they definitely tried with some of the comedy as far as one-liners go or uh, some of the weapon use towards the end of the movie. They tried, but it just felt very derivative because we had just watched not that long ago Girls with Balls. And that's what this movie kind of made me think about, where I was like, okay, it's the same type of premise. You know, there's a bus and there's a bunch of people in it, and, you know, the bus leaves and they're stranded and they run afoul of, of some vicious killers. Uh, it's very just derivative and, and dry in a lot of parts. The gore was kind of a plus because it wasn't kind of decent gore sequences, but overall... Just a, you know, just I just, a quick I just question, though. If, if, if Severance yeah. came out in, in 2006 and Girls with Balls... Mm-hmm came out in 2018 like what isn't it girls with balls that's derivative okay but you're talking about the dangerous game he's talking about what we covered 
Uh, well, yes, of course. I mean, the dangerous game goes back to like 1920 something or something. But yes, of course. And uh, you know, I will say, I was thinking about going. There's another. There's another. I found another movie about a, a piece of killer clothing, and uh, that was almost going to be my pick this time. Um, but okay, that's we, the next. You know, I, <laughs> all right, but, but, all right. Um, but let's uh, let the king, let's let's let the king finish okay, what he's saying about please, what, what he king, thought of the movie. Please. Yes, I want I want to hear the king's thoughts. So yeah, that's that's just to wrap it up. I just I, I didn't find any of the characters very memorable or really kind of interesting. Um, you know, like the gore said, I think the gore was the only good thing I enjoyed about this movie. And uh, you know, it, it was a nice tight hour and a half movie, so it did pass the time. Like I said, I don't I don't hate this movie. And I think we all agree with that. It's not a movie that I was like, man, I fucking hate this movie. I just didn't like it. It's just, you know, like I said, I, we watched Girls with Balls recently. I just watched the new Wrong Turn recently. So I was kind of like done with backwoods yokel and getting involved in the situation. So I think for me personally, it was one of those things where I'm just kind of over the whole thing, you know, of those situations. Dude, and, and this movie's like, got yeah. the bad guy from the faculty in it. So how could you say no memorable characters? <laughs> that guy from the faculty. That's from the page. Yeah. yeah. Maggie <laughs> is the villain from the movie The Faculty. Oh, yeah, it completely just went over my head because I I, I barely remember the faculty. That's the one about the uh the aliens, right? With uh, Josh Hartnett and Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the the brain alien yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, shit. I thought that Robert Patrick was the villain in that movie. I don't remember anybody else. I mean, you know, I'll take a word for it. I haven't seen that movie since I think the release movie features. Long it's been since I've seen the faculty. Dude, this but, had yeah. Hungarian uh, escorts in it. Okay, which thank God they showed that one's boobs, man, because seriously, I was really yeah. like, when they cut away and they didn't show that, I was like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. And then I realized that we were backtracking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did actually kind of appreciate that, that it was kind of a backtrack thing where we're seeing kind of the end at the you know, beginning. I kind of I appreciate that when movies can do it. Um, and, and I thought that that was good to, uh, to do that and also have uh, – I think the only part that I actually laughed at was when they're on the bus and they're watching the uh, the sales video for Palisade Defense. And it's all a bunch of white people with blonde hair, and they're like, well, "Come on, it's like the Aryan race." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they get a Nazi, up in a get a Nazi recruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you you made a video for the Nazi youth. Oh no, look, there's a black guy. There he is. And then he sits there and nudges the black guy in the bus. See, see, <laughs> it's like holy shit. <laughs> Pulls out a gun and starts shooting people, and they're like, "Well, that's a- yeah, that's a great message." This is the kind of humor that you can get away with with stuff. And I mean, obviously, listen, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of movies that are still making humor of this nature. Um, you know, I, I, I know we're in a uh, in an interestingly sensitive world, but it's it's really not as as sensitive as some some people want you to to think it is. Uh, yeah, but, but you also have I to think. remember too that some of that some of that stuff's still getting made. Uh, some of that stuff that's still getting made out there, uh, Ghoul, and that's a very good point, but also a lot of this stuff is, like, kind of under-the-radar, uh, you know, niche audience, like, not mainstream stuff that, like, the mainstream, you know, the mainstream, like, online outrage machine, like, has no idea that some of that shit even exists. Mm-hmm. True that. 
Yeah, yeah that's until they hear that. That's until the millions and millions of our fans hear hear this podcast, and then they're going to sit there and rally against this fucking movie because it's actually so they're <laughs> trying to make a crack on racism here. <laughs> and not the youth well, and shit. Also, I mean, it's about how you're using an old white cast of people in this in this video. <laughs> the one black guy you show has got a gun. So it's one of those things where they're sending a message too. You know, that we're a defense company. You think that we'd want to mix it up and have people of color that aren't shooting people. <laughs> That's why I laughed at it. Even now that joke works. Yeah. Well, it's only white funny when, when, whenever. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Tony Stark thing. You know what I mean? Like the, the idea is. Yes, exactly. You're a defense company that's making weaponry. Well, what the hell are you getting? What do you need defense against? The very weapons that you're making. Um, and, and we're going to see that, you know, in this, in this film, uh, you know, so that, that, that's always a very, uh, you know, a very hot topic to, to, to think about. And I don't mean, yes, to and, that's, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was doing the exact same thing when they were having the introductory video. So we could learn, you know, what the company is and all that kind of stuff. And then the first thing I thought of was, okay, so Tony Stark is sending some of his people out on a retreat. To go do a team building exercise. Indeed. Um, and it's a similar thing to when they get to the lodge after they, they reach an impasse in the road and the driver goes, I'm not going down that road. Um, just like Joe Crandall would say, I'm not going down that road. But, um, you know, they reach the, uh, the lodge. <laughs> no Berlin. No Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> You fucked the dog there once. Okay, that's, all, that's all I'm thinking. It's your road trip, man. Like this, this whole beginning sequence <laughs> is all I am thinking about. I just, you know what it is? I just watched that. I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and I just got the unrated DVD in because uh, oh, the, the unrated version is so good. The unrated yeah, version yeah, is I mean, so it's, good. It's uh-huh. only like an extra minute of stuff, but it's just little, little, little things and boobs. Yeah, similarly like what you. They all have different stories about what goes on. You know, this lodge was once a place for nerve gas, you know, and it was uh, an insane asylum, and they used nerve gas, and it was also a Russian war criminal re-education center. And then, of course, you have Steve, who looks like the English version of Roy Cochran, Empire Records Lucas. Like, oh, nope, a bunch of hot-titted nurses, and they all fuck one guy. I was like, okay, that's not funny. Like, it's just, I, I wanted to laugh, but I just wasn't going to laugh. See, okay, but, but on the flip side, like, I, what you're skipping here, though, is that also each of the stories was all told in a different tone, in a different manner, in a different style of things. So, therefore, it was adding to the humor of the stuff because, like you said, okay, you have the one old, old story about what was going on. You know, it was shot looking like Nosferatu. It was, you know, looking old school. Yeah, it had dude, other that ones. Was that was Nosferatu and it as the doctor. That yeah. was hysterical. Yeah, then you have another one where it's shot like, you know, World War II, you know, Grindhouse kind of film. Then you've got the other one where it's like, you know, 70s, you know, swag shit going on. You know, yeah, each story was different and each story was shot different. And it was funny just to hear, like, you know, again, the urban legends of these things and told in the different ways. And they're all ta- talking about these urban legends and how they that's the ones they believed in. Yeah. So, yeah, it was funny, man. <laughs> 
I didn't see humor in that. I didn't find it funny at all. I was like, okay, they all have a different story. And then the the Gordon breaks out a pie that he found, and he's like, everybody eat. Oh, look, there's a tooth in it. Oh, where'd you find it? Oh, I just found it. I put it in the oven for an hour. I'm like, huh, wow, there's that neat slapping humor that I'm looking for. You don't put a pie in the oven for an hour. Womp, womp. Gordon. No, no, not every pie goes in the oven for an hour. You've got to remember something, man. This is British humor. It, it's pretty dry at times. You're not talking about the fucking, you know, the most slapstickiest of people. Yeah. And I've but, but, yeah, and uh, yeah, but again, you got, again, you're forgetting Shaun the thing of about the Dead you know, the, a very smart movie that also used a lot of American style comedy tropes to it. Yeah, but as and, far as some uh, slapstick go, if we rewind a little bit from finding, uh, you know, the Nemo? the the no, <laughs> um, when uh, uh, what's the main character's name, um. Homie that gets his uh, leg in the bear trap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I found I so Harold, I found I, I found that sequence. It was Gordon. Uh, to Gordon, be Gordon, Gordon was hilarious. The, the bear trap, especially when they kept like trying to wrench the trap open and it kept snapping shut again. Now, when I was talking about the gore and the violence, that's where that was happening, I was like, God damn it, like, I want to see the fucking trap, like, slamming into this guy's leg over and over again. Uh, but then, like, I was pleasantly surprised, like, how much they showed of the bottom part of the leg detaching uh, from him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, his stump kind of bleeding out and him, like, kind of playing with the stump. And then the whole time that they're arguing about what to do, like, you still see the rest of the leg in the trap. Like, I thought that stuff was yeah. really funny. And then also, when they go on to the bus and the guy pulls all of the bottles out of the fridge and he's trying to, like, cram the other part of the leg into the refrigerator, like, I thought that shit was funny. Um, that was one of the, that's one of the sequences that I remember, like, like finding humorous and, and making me laugh. Yeah, I agree, man. You know, but yeah, again, it's just, this is more English, English humor. So, you know, yeah, I was on par with it. While at the same time, it was you know, it wasn't the driest English humor. You know, we're we're not talking about as bad dry. You know, this was still a good mix of slapstick American. You know, while while still delivering some good English witty humor at the same time. But I mean, even Abbab has moments where I laugh at, like Abbab, the young one. Like I do laugh at British humor. Like some of it's actually really funny. You know, more so than some, you know, Americans to come. But, yeah, this one, it just seemed like they were forcing everything. Like, they were forcing you to be like, isn't this funny? Like, what we're doing right now? Like, we're, we're shoving his no, but like, in the fridge. And, great. and, and what, it was, it was, it was Gordon who, who got his leg taken off? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. All right. So, but, but, but here's the thing. Then, like, later that evening, they get into the, they get into the house, right? And then, like, you have Steve and Maggie, like, they're catching a breather. Like, she takes out the cigarettes, they both light up the cigarette, and they're, like, trying mm-hmm. to, like, get their bearings and, and using the cigarettes to calm down. And then you see, like, one of the hunters, like, walk behind them and then, like, walk back behind them, dragging the body out behind them, and they're just having their silly. Like, I thought that was <laughs> like, funny. Like, those were some of the oh things that God. I thought were funny in this film. Yeah, I, it's man, just, I, I don't that. think... 
Yeah, no, because they thought they locked everything down. And, you know, they're having a serious conversation about how they ought to leave Gordon behind. And they think they have yes. the premises locked down. And then you see just, you know, the, the hunter just come by, pick up Gordon, and then drag his ass behind him without them even fucking noticing like, while they're having a conversation about how they should live. How was he, you know, during the whole conversation about we should leave him behind. They also have the black guy upstairs oh, fishing like it's coming out of a garden hose, you know, making oh, yeah. all kinds well, of noise and flushing and all that, too, as a distraction. Yeah, yeah. So, but, all uh, that, that is true. But I love I love the dynamic, you know, between, like and, and one of the other kind of I felt was like kind of like a running joke, uh, you know, throughout throughout with with Steve and and Maggie, uh, you know, with Steve. You know, I, I've got the, the the vibe the whole time that he was always trying to, like, kick it to Maggie, and she was always kind of, like, rolling her eyes. Like, from the very beginning on the bus, when he, like, breaks out that fucking first smoke and uh, <laughs> shows it, and, and she's like, fuck off, and he, like, goes in the bathroom and, and causes that whole commotion, right? Then, uh, again, when they get Gordon back to the house, he's like, you know, I brought some ecstasy, and she's like how are you thinking of partying at a time like this? And he was actually doing something thoughtful. He was like, hey, no, it's for him. Like, it will help him. And then, like, a little bit later, and they're having a moment, and then they see, uh, was it Nadia and Olga? And they're like, hey, Steve, it's Nadia and Olga from the escort service. You know, it's like every single time, like, something else from Steve's behavior pops up in front of Maggie where she's like, what the fuck is with you, dude? Mm-hmm. Which is also back to the beginning of the movie in which we see him in the bus using the computer to log in and get the escorts booked. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But but then uh, also uh, at the beginning of the movie, you know, he's fucking tripping on shrooms, wandering around all over the fucking forest. And it's Maggie who has to fucking literally tie him (laughs) to a rope so he doesn't wander off into the woods again. Some of his tripping moments were just fucking hysterical. When he gets up from himself and walks away and he looks back at himself and then he's out there having a cigarette, but at the same time, he's still standing in the doorway. I love those out-of-body moments, man. Like, I remember them a little too clearly uh, in Glendale Drive. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, you know, it's uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch in a visual uh, way and not to actually be experiencing it. That kind of shit happens when you're on shrooms? For real? Uh, I mean, again, you know, but your mind can make you It was amplified for the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, did, did I ever sit there and, like, actually see myself sitting next to me doing something? No, not that I can actually remember. But do I remember a moment when I was in a, in a, in a club in the city called the Wetlands and I was tripping my fucking balls off? And I kind of remember so a the right part age? in which I can, yes, where I could see myself from above myself, like, walking through the crowd trying at the time to find Dave who was macking it to some chick in the, in the lower reaches of the club at the time. But like I was, I was? that out of body where it was like an above type of view where almost like you're watching it from like a Diablo perspective. So like picture that. Oh, okay. I'm watching myself wander through the crowd like thinking to myself, holy shit, if I'm not in me right now and I'm above me, like what happens if something happens to my physical body while I'm not inside of it at the moment? You know, but now granted, I'm uh, not okay. 
from like 10 to 15 hits of LSD by that point. But, you know, it's all fun. <laughs> Wait, what, yes, so what was uh, I doing? You were macking you were hitting on a chick. down in the lower region, man. Her face Who was, was it? Do you melt. remember? I was? Yes, nope. yes, yes, indeed. Uh, you, re- you remember Becky? who it was? Yes, it was Be- Becky. Oh, really? At, at the wetlands? Like, yeah. Yeah. There was like another yeah, time away yeah. from the wetlands where 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 you know things, but um, I don't. I mean, maybe so. Maybe so. I, I, I'm sure you're correct. Downstairs, you were by the phones, you know, by the bathroom area and everything. That's where I found yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Begging you to take me gotcha. back to Eight Drive, Because Dean was trying to hit. Dean yeah. was trying to hit shit real quick in a stall. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I right. Still, I think it's. That, I think at that point, I might have. I don't even remember what I was driving at that point. Was that the night when we were like going through the the, the Holland Tunnel and I was like, I'm gonna fucking blast oh, the yeah. wall right now at full fucking volume. Yep, yep, yep. With and the fucking white tiles, looking, uh, the white tiles yeah, in the tunnel. And, and and I opened my eyes while tripping my balls off, and all I see are white bricks like flying by, and it's because we're literally <laughs> in a fucking tunnel at the time, you know. But it was like just I don't know the combination of everything mixed with the LSD just was like, yeah, nah, dude, we need like quiet, bro. And he's like, but it's the wall, dude. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like turn this fucking shit off. The whole world is fucking freezing around me. <laughs> Am I bugging out, dude? Am I? Bu- and you know, this is the deed, okay? The deed <laughs> is really not the person you want to ask these kind of things to. Because the last thing you should say to somebody who's asking you if they're bugging out is, "Yeah, you're bugging out." So, like, yeah, I'm like, dude, like, uh, am I freaking out, man? And he's like, "Yeah, you're totally bugging out, bro." And I'm like, "What the fuck? You're not helping matters." I didn't. Did I really? Did I really say that? I'm pretty sure you did, man. <laughs> I don't know. You were talking like, about you the fucking. Take me home, and you're like, "Well, you're supposed to go. You're supposed to come back to my house and sleep over. Are you sure you want to go home?" <laughs> I'm just like, "Take me to my fucking house." <laughs> okay. Oh, so, okay. So apparently, yeah, anyway, so, anyway. You, so apparently, you need an anchor. It's like someone responsible like Maggie and not the Dean around you and your tripping shit. So, oh, no, no, no. Much more Dean has definitely been the anchor plenty years. of times, man. We've, uh, we've had many of fun moments with that kind of thing. Dean is a very right, good I've anchor. I've been a very strong that. anchor. I've been a strong anchor. Firm. Doesn't even need the blue or red pill. <laughs> <laughs> But carry so, on, anyway. Movie. Yeah, but you know, as things are going on, we find out you know that, that things have gone wrong. They're they're obviously at the wrong house because yeah, you know they, they start, Gordon disappears. They they work their way down and find out that they are actually in one. They find out like they are actually in one of the compounds that they were fucking talking about was urban legend, and Gordy is getting fucking carved up like a fucking Thanksgiving turkey. And this is one of those things where I really, really wish they had gone and showed us more instead of the cutaway like Hostel did. You know, I, I wish we had actually seen them doing the carving and the cutting and just give us, you know, just the edge of the seat kind of. I mean, for me, what I wish in this scenario, um, and then I'll throw it over to the king, I wish that. It was more of a, like what we heard in one of the lines earlier, you know, all that person would be, you know, concerned with is survival. Um, and I wish this was more of a survivalist moment in which they were carving Gordon up for the meat, 
You know, like they were like going to start hacking this guy up because they wanted food. Instead, they end up just carving the logo of the company in his chest, showing us that, you know, like this, these people have a bone to pick with the company itself. How about you, King? What were you feeling by this point of the movie? Waiting for it to be over. Did you lose the king? But, uh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, they just kind of showed up and they were speaking Russian and they obviously had ties to Palisades because they carved uh, the logo into Gordon's chest. But, uh, you know, they make quick work of Jill and they make quick work of Harris by cutting his head off. Um, you know, again, a joke that didn't land because he had talked earlier about how your head can react two minutes after it's been cut off and then, you know, they show that. So, again, slapping humor all around. I mean, I was laughing so hard I could barely breathe during that scene. Um, but, you know, you know, the humor that we have. But um, Maggie taking a shotgun and blowing away the killer in the basement after Billy never got a chance to profess his love for her. Um, again, I don't know why that was even in this movie with him. Going, I kind of like her, you know, but, uh, you know, whatever. Like, well, I think the idea was that her. everybody had a crush on her. I think all of the people in the company, yeah. like she's the quote-unquote hot chick, so everybody liked her. You know, the boss had a thing for her. Stephen had, or whatever his name was, had a thing for her. This guy had a thing for her. Gordon, when he's all on the ecstasy, oh, I love you, I love you. You know, they, like, I think they all <laughs> are supposed to have a thing for Maggie. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. Was, yeah, you know, she, she's the company crush. They could have picked a better actress. She was so plain, and there was nothing about her where I'm like, yeah. If I saw her walk into my office, I'd be like, oh, man, yeah. I'm not her. Like, you know, she's just, you know, I'm not very hungry. Is she a little no, too young for you, King? He would deny her. If she, she came to him and was like, King, King, please. I want you so bad right now. He would be like, listen, honey, no, no. You're just, you're not my type. <laughs> I'm an American blonde in my mid-20s, and I'm horny as fuck. You know, and King, King would be like, like you playing? You know, no, King, King would be like, no, come back to me in 20 years when your hair is gray. <laughs> and your boobs are sexy. Then, then we can talk. Like, you're not, you're not 61. You don't have some African woman's titties. And, uh, and, and no, you know, you're, you're not in menopause yet. So, so I'm not ready for you. <laughs> She had no fucking personality. Like, she wasn't. She likes those banana titties. She was just there. Like, she was just there. That's my problem. I'm like, okay, you know, I could get it if everybody had a crush on her, if she was something, if she was charismatic, if she was funny, if she was sexy. But she just kind of walked around smoking cigarettes going, I don't want to be here. That's fucking wet blanket. Like, how could you like somebody like that? You know, she, she, okay, but 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 what you missed also though, man, was that she was also the person that would just walk by you and just be like, "Are you doing okay?" and touch you on the shoulder, like when Billy, you know, she walks by Billy and you know, and she she's going to bed, and she's like, you know, "Good night, sweetie," and touches him on the shoulder. It's those small things of caring that they all find attractive about her. It's those small small acts that she does that. I, I guess you missed while watching this movie where, where, she, where, yeah, where she shows that she cares about everybody. I'm touching your shoulder and saying goodnight. I don't know. Missed that. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you're that. entirely wrong here, King. I do think the actress was a little, uh, you know. I mean, again, she's she's obviously. I think the biggest thing to also go with that is that she's an American. Everybody else, you know, is is, is British and, and all that. Um, so I think you. And we all know the reverse, Americans are Randy. <laughs> well, we all we have the reverse of the foreigner that we see, you know, the Nadia, let's say, for an American pie. In this case, it's the reverse. The American is the foreigner. That's why they find her so attractive and, and, and you know, sexy because Americans fuck. They smoke cigarettes and they fuck. Um, but, no, you know what? Yeah, they do. Too, though, this may also be just as telling for the actress because, you know, she's one of those that when you look her up, you literally find articles on the Internet that, like, question where is she? Like, what happened to her? Where did she go? Like, she was somebody that seemed like they were kind of, like, putting in things here and there, and then she just, like, poofed away. I think, like, the last thing she worked in was, like, uh, maybe, like, 2000 – might have been, like, 2008, 2009. I know she's alive. I just – you know, I don't think she – I think she retired from acting. Oh. Well, she just didn't like it by this point. <laughs> she was in the Stephen King Dip, the 1990 miniseries. So there you go. There you have that. But, um, Who was yeah, she in that? Was kind of uh, I didn't say. I looked it up on Wikipedia and just said that she had a part in the It series from 1990. So I have no idea who she was. She was just like a cardboard cutout in the background. One hand up in the air, you know. Touching people on the shoulder. <laughs> like she just don't care. Well, what the king isn't telling us is now that she's older, he she's actually laid up in King's apartment, waiting for him to finish this podcast so she she can pride him like a government mule, you know. Because now that she's older, you know she she's definitely the king's type. <laughs> I didn't think you could see that screaming. That's weird. I thought it kept her mouth tighter than that. Teaches me a lesson. In a second, Jesus Christ. Yeah, good thing we're wrapping up. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get back to some work. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> the character, I, I was hoping she was actually going to be the one that died. I was kind of hoping that Steve would be the only one. thought he would be the final boy. You know, he would be the one to, to get out. I mean, he, and, and in a way, he does. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he, he is one of the final people. Um, and when they get to the actual lodge that they were supposed to be at, not the, the hunter's lodge, and we do see... Uh, their boss George, listening to Word Up by Cameo, fucking Cameo. Well, they're both grinding okay. on us. Word Up, well, of course that would be the song. It's a fucking basic too. Is that in public domain? I was like, I think they have to pay Cameo. Oh, there was no way. Songs in public domain. No, I actually really enjoyed that. You know, and, and the the beginning again at the end, you know, where it's, okay, these are the two escorts. You know, this is their boss. And, again, the one, another moment that I kind of actually had a little bit of laugh of when he grabs the rocket launcher. And he's like, get a piece of fucking American steel, baby. And it fires <laughs> and it goes up into the sky. At the point. I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I give this movie that joke because that actually worked for oh. me. <laughs> Lo and behold, the heat seeking, and it fucking went straight to the our fucking Russian guys, and then went straight up into the air. And then you see that motherfucker just keep trailing and trailing, and then you see a jumbo jet coming across. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, as a company, just like oh. <laughs> 
And what we find out later yeah. is that that's the final destination plane. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> that would have been a nice way to tie it all together, you know? Seriously. <laughs> Look out, Stifler. <laughs> yes, Steve. His fucking seatbelt. <laughs> Don't call me Steven. <laughs> <laughs> um, just watch yeah, American yeah, Pilot. Uh, right, the, that movie's still kind of funny. Steve's an unlikely hero. You know, he's a pot smoker, but he's also one that just kind of unloads, you know, a bunch of fighting moves on these Russian trained soldiers, which I didn't like because you think that they would be better trained to fucking just kill him. Like, just, why is it so hard to kill this one fucking stoner who shouldn't know how to fight? Like, if anything, he but, should just throw a couple of punches and then get in the ass, like, you know, fucking shot off. Because he's fucking stoned. He feels no pain right now, man. That's just sort of funny shit when he stabbed the one dude in the ass. Right. <laughs> you could be stoned well, and not all I mean, of a sudden learn how to fight. Like, well, again, I mean, you know, like, yes, they're, they're soldiers, but they don't. They're not, like, fighting anymore. You know what I mean? You have whatever year that they they said, I guess, what, the early 90s. So, like, at this point, all these guys are doing it are, are obviously, I mean, they must be handling some kind of terrorist type of deal. Um, again, I think this is, like, the, the whole Tony Stark thing in which it's, like, you know, the company has been selling its wares and they're not paying attention to who those wares are getting sold to um, because they've got crates and crates and crates of this shit uh, that we see at the end here. But, you know, like I I don't feel like they're, I mean, for one, I think there's always the, the, the human aspect of survival. Um, You know, what people are going to be willing to do to survive and, and those extra bursts of strength and all that, you know, through the adrenaline. But, I also feel like these guys are out of fighting shape because they're not used to people fighting back. You know, they're, they're hunting from the shadows. Yeah, they're like the fucking, they're like the fucking out of shape done fucks watering our fucking country with guns, calling themselves fucking militia fucking men. And, uh, you know, these are not like fucking like mongoloid superhuman strength backwards fuckers. Like it always is in these kinds of movies. And yeah, like it's real easy to like, tie a girl to a tree and shoot her with a fucking blowtorch, but like, yeah, not used to people fighting back, and yeah, not in fighting shape, just because they're walking in the woods and have their weapons doesn't make them super fucking fighting machine soldiers, and when you talk about seeing those crates of of weapons later, like, they did that camera thing, and it, it, it started, it's like, it was, it's, it's originally like a Hitchcock kind of move, but like, the camera kind of showed those fucking crates and uh, more than one time in a way that led me to believe that they were going to come into play. Like weapons were going to come out of those uh, that were going to be used in, like our heroes were going to use in their defense and that didn't ultimately come to pass. But True. but yeah, um, just because these are people that are, you know, in a, a forest with weapons doesn't make them super soldiers. Um, or or those containing superhuman strength. They had all yeah, the, the flankways and stuff. They knew what to do. They were trained. They were ready to go. There'd be no reason why they couldn't dispatch everybody quicker than they did. You know, so you could say, well, you know, they're they're out of shape or whatever. No, they were trained. You know, they knew what they were doing. They were ex-Russian soldiers. They liked killing. They got a kick out of it. That's why Jill's story kind of made more sense about the Russian war criminals. That's what they were. 
Russian war criminals, and they know how to train, they know how to kill, they know how to hunt. And then that be taken down by Steve and Maggie, the two unlikeliest heroes. Like I don't know. You know, it's, it's fine because you have to have the good to defeat the evil, but yeah, it just seemed kind of silly in the end. Okay, but that I also I did enjoy this part about it was the fact that when we have Maggie that actually dispatches one, it's like I like the idea of she didn't let them go. She, like, again, she followed through with double tap, you know, getting the biggest fucking rock she could to smash that fucking skull in because how many times can we say, don't leave a motherfucker breathing, all right? Make sure that motherfucker is done. And Michael Myers on your case. <laughs> And just fucking yeah. take care of your shit. When you saw it earlier with a shotgun, like you said, when she popped him in the head, you know, she's like, I didn't want anybody to say I didn't, you know, let him go. You know, so we see that, you know, she's at least ahead of that part, you know. Um, and I think it definitely helped to have, you know, the two escorts where it just was a total, like, boner for any guy that owns a gun out there to see, a, you know, a girl in a leather jacket with no shirt underneath and slow motion firing machine gun. The NRA guys must be like, oh, fuck yeah. This is what we're all about. They were hot, man. Olga and whatever the other one's name is, dude, they were hot. <laughs> Girls with <Sure>. guns. <laughs> AK-47? You absolutely did. Every motherfucker in the room? <laughs> and Olga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shaved, I believe the term is. <laughs> But, yeah, so, you know, but, they, they come in with slow motion, you know, machine gun shooting, you know, taking down, you know, the rest of the bodies so they can make their way over to a boat and make their way to, you know. Oh, I mean, we've also seen hostels, so we know how those Eastern European girls were, tougher than, than your average American blondes with big tits. So it's not out of the realm of possibility here. Well, they I don't know. They have I mean, blades they and other weapons shoved up in their coochies, you know. Well, yeah, because they're <laughs> shit. I mean, I'm sure they've some dark areas of Russia, you know, that nobody likes to talk about. They've been to Vondersex once or twice. Uh, now what goes on? <laughs> been avoiding rape from their father's friends since they're fucking, you know, early teens. They're lucky. Yeah. Is this a prequel and taken? This is how it all starts. Well, he's got a particular <laughs> skill set, you know. So, <laughs> shows up to both sides. I see you made it out. Uh, they got to go up to Palestine. A man, certain trait. Anyway, what does he do? A fun little nod to Pagan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead we have uh, Maggie straight on Steve's head in her lap. Oh, it's gonna be okay. You know, hey, uh, foursome, anyone? <laughs> yeah, Steve, you got me, man. Oh, oh, oh. Winner. Winner at the end. Oh, man. And then they have to do, like, that weird Friends-esque ending where they kind of give everybody, like, a still shot. I'll be uh, there for you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he said we'll meet again, which is, like, the most, like, Weird choice for a song to end this movie with is we'll meet again, like you know. But yeah, let's everybody get a still shot. Hey, we're smiling, we're having a good time. This is an outtake. Well, we made it. Well, we made it. You, Survived. You, you had no, you had no it's problem with doing at the end of Predator. They did it at the end exactly. of Predator. You had no problem with that. You know, exactly. showing all the fucking crew. 
Yeah, and it, they knew what they were doing. You just watch a kick-ass movie, and now they're going to end it with a little bit of fucking cheeky fun? Hell yeah, I'm in it. This movie didn't earn that. This movie just had a lot of bad comedy, and to end it with oh, like, the still shots like that. I mean, even Scream did it, and I felt that Scream earned it in a way. To have, like, the weird, I didn't you know, find it in Predator to be cheeky fun. I found it in Predator to be, like, kind of like a... Uh, 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 in memoriam for those badass soldiers that all lost their lives Let's fighting that fucking Let's salute these badass motherfuckers. This fucking That's crack right. commando team that will never be equaled on film. <laughs> like Carl Weathers and his gigantic biceps. Yeah, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is because of the Sonny Lanham. film... Uh, I'm saying that they probably did that on just purpose sure. to just be another funny note here of, okay, let's give it a Predator-style ending of let's do Duke. ending like they did. <laughs> I don't give that much. Give them way Wherever the fuck played Poncho. Right. <laughs> I don't remember the other guy. What was the other guy's name? Wilkins? Watkins? Hey, so I was going uh, down with Harris. this girl the Hawkins. other day, Hawkins. and I was like, hey, your Hawkins. pussy's as big as a house. <laughs> Amazing. There's so many things in my life that I can't remember that are, like, important things, and yet I can remember the name of the fucking crack commando team that got killed by the brother. <laughs> Seriously, man. I've said, I've said for eons that if uh, the, 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 the strengths of my brain that contain uh, just – absurd, uh, unrelevant to anything, uh, pop culture movie uh, slash TV slash music knowledge that, like, is just, you know, deep and absurd. Like, if that part of the brain could have been used for something productive and lucrative, that would be a whole different picture. Command of Magic the King. He'd be a fucking millionaire. Well, the amount of brain space he uses on all of the fucking horror knowledge that he has. <laughs> indeed, indeed we do. Where you know I've been on on horror pages and I'll you know be educating people and they're like, "How do you know this shit?" I, was like, I wish I didn't know, but it was a lot of <laughs> It was a lot of horror movies, a lot of books, and instead of getting laid out, and watching movies, the, the gospels weren't always around when I wanted them to. But when they were, it was just emergency time. So, <laughs> uh, not at all. But, um, so yeah, that's Severance from 2006. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think we're all in agreement that it's, it's not a great movie, but it's one to pass the time. I think it's one of those movies like the ghoul puts on to go to sleep to. It's a good movie for that. Like, you know, you don't got to pay attention to it. It's just when it will you to sleep. And I think uh, you'd be set that way. Maybe, maybe not. I, don't know. It's a, I didn't, you know. Obviously, I watched it on Tubi TV, so I didn't have to purchase it. So I, it never will become yeah, a part of my you, nighttime rotation. I, I I watched it on Tubi also, and the part when um, when homie steps onto the did this happen for you? Uh, when when the homie steps on the on the landmine, like right when he was looking down at his foot, stepping on the button. It like went to an ad, and mm-hmm. when it came back from the ad, it was like somewhere completely different. And I thought, oh shit, did like the ad like skip showing him Cut blow up? Scene. Like I really thought that I really thought it had missed something coming back from the ad. 
I thought the same exact thing, man, because, yeah, it cuts to them in the house. Um, you know, and I love a good landmine scene, you know. I, I always feel like those are uh, little, little fun, tension-filled uh, moments in, in films. Um, you know, obviously something like this is, is more towards fun as opposed to something like a military film in which you don't want to see a character die. Uh, but, you know, what scene that happened to me with also was the scene with the woman – um, Jill, uh, I actually, cause if it wasn't for the fact that you said that the guy killed a woman with a blowtorch, I had yeah. no idea how she died. The last thing I remember her being was strapped to a tree and it cuts commercial. Yeah. And, and then he like back, dumped gasoline. Never... That was something else. I'm glad you said that because in that, I'll oh, go ahead finish what you thought and then I'll, then I'll speak. I was just going to say, like, I don't remember her dying at any point. Like, I just remember cutting and wondering to myself at some point, like, minutes later, like, what happened to that character? No, you yeah, just see, so you see, you he's, he's you just see the to dude the come up with the, with the flamethrower, and that's it. So, well, before okay, that, so though, don't ever see the he, death. like, no, we, no, he, he, but before that, though, he, like, splashes gasoline all over her, and then he goes to light a match, and, like, he can't get the matches lit, and he keeps getting frustrated because he keeps trying a new match. And that was, like, another little moment of horror. And then, like, she thinks that, oh, shit, I'm going to get a fucking reprieve because uh, he can't light the fucking match. And he turns around and walks a few feet away and bends down and picks something up. And when he fucking twists his body around so she can see, he's holding a fucking flamethrower with the flame at the end of the fucking tube and she's like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, and then, and then uh, he sprays the fire all over her and then it like goes on to something else. Okay, so, and then that's also why the guy at the end of the movie has the flamethrower. So this isn't the first, so at the yeah. end of the movie isn't the first time you see the guy with the flamethrower. See, for me, I had no exactly. recollection of that. So, oh, so, so, you, yeah. didn't, okay. so you didn't see so. that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, he says, I I'm going to light you on fire. I'm going to burn you like a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he that. tells her he's going to burn you. I'm going to burn you like a witch. Yeah, and he, he then picks up a gas can and douses her in gas all over her face and body. And uh, he huh. can't get the match to light. Yeah, I missed that. And I thought that, again, I think yeah. it was like, like those little funny things. Like, I, like every time he tried to light the match and failed and got a new match, like it was funny. Well, that's like a great virility joke. He, you know what I mean? Here's a guy who can't get it up when he needs to. <laughs> right. Exactly. But then, uh, then, I, then I guess he turned around and got the fucking Viagra, you know, and to turn around. Hey, and like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, well, that's that's uh, smart humor yeah, right there, King. See, see what you missed? Yeah, I missed a lot because I just wasn't in it with the humor. Like, I, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I, 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 I missed it. You know what? Maybe I'll, I, I don't want to have to rewatch it, but I might. One of these days, you should. I miss what you guys have. I, you know, I, I try to sometimes when I miss something, and I'm like, you know what, maybe you give it another shot. So I might, but uh, uh, yeah, for next week, <clears throat> I had a idea of what I wanted to pick, but I just don't want to talk about backwoods people anymore. So I had to cross out one pick that I was going to make, uh, so I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to go back to a movie that I wanted to talk about on the show for a very long time, but can never find a copy of it. How long have uh, we watched it? Since the show started, easily. Uh, it's a movie that I've loved for a long time. Uh, it boasts the cast. I think you guys are going to be like, wow, that guy's in this movie? Um, and you'll see the cast list. But you said you couldn't tonight, find but, uh, it. You found it, I take, right? You, we can watch it? Yeah, I finally did. Finally, for free, 
on Tubi, actually, of all places, after I watched Severance, I found it. Uh, from 1977, directed by Michael Winner, the movie called The Sentinel. Uh, and it, like I said, it boasts a pretty impressive cast, and I think you guys will be What's it called? by who pops up. The Sentinel from 1977. I'm going to post the link on the group chat uh, so you guys can watch for free on Tubi. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a movie where I think, if anything, you guys will be Magneto surprised. Magneto takes over them. Up. No, it's, it's uh, more of a more in line with the picks that I've been making recently, which is more about uh, uh, hell and uh, not non-exploitation, but kind of Catholicism exploitation. Uh, I think I've found a good wheelhouse this year for making these weird uh, satanic panic type movies. So I'm going to stick with it and uh, go with the Sentinel from 77. So we'll be talking about that next week. Anyway, uh, Dean, thank you so much for your pick this week and for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week. I'm, I'm glad you loved and appreciated my pick, King of Horror. It warms my heart. I hope so. And uh, I hope next week well, you enjoy my pick. Does uh, it warm the well, cock? I love your heart. <laughs> sure. Yeah, warm my heart. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh, you just go ahead. Uh, Monty, go ahead and sign yourself off. All right, I'm the Mad Monkey. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Sounds <laughs> oh, good, kid. All right. So, Ghoul, why don't you hit us with uh, how you want to close out tonight? Oh, again, everybody, just just stay scared. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's about it. You know, Try to be happier than, than the king is with this movie. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't like the fucking humor in this movie. It just fell by the wayside. Just, it didn't land. Didn't like it. I'm going to go watch a Shaun of the Dead now before I go to bed. Just to get back in line. With Why don't you watch Dr. Giggles? I should. You know what? That's an even better one. I think you Dr. should Giggles watch this is. again. I think you should give this movie a shot again. Like now. Cold day in hell. No, no, thank you. I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Dean's uh, recommendation. Put on a little bit of Dr. Giggles. You can't go wrong with that classic from the 90s. I don't care. I'll defend that movie. Sorry. It is. Couldn't prevent that gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you guys hate Dr. Giggles, love this movie, that just goes to show you the taste on the show. They consist of seven. We are all Dr. very Giggles. different, everybody. All very different. <laughs> unit here I'm talking to her. So as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, NDG, saying, Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, keep America strong, watch horror movies, and we'll see you back here next week for Michael Winters, The Sentinel. The King loves Jesus.